They hate. They hate. They hate. They hate. They hate because they fear. They hate because they fear. Because they fear. Because they fear. And they fear because they feel that the deepest feelings of their lives are being assaulted and outraged. They do not know why. They are powerless pawns. Powerless pawns. They are powerless pawns in a blind play of social forces. Richard Wright. From Mauhaus Productions, A Blind Play of Social Forces, Episode 2, Pal. This episode contains adult themes and profanity. Listener discretion is advised. I lay on the floor in the darkness of the living room, a thin layer of curtain protecting me from the eyes of the man and lady who were looking through the window by the front door. Knocking. They peered in one at a time. Halos of sunlight crowned their heads. If I didn't move, they wouldn't see me, and they would think no one was home, and they would leave. They weren't leaving, though. And the longer they stood there, the greater the chance that Powell would make a noise and they would know we were home and they would take him away. I crawled across the floor towards the hall. Kid? A shadow in the window told me they had heard him. Kid? Mrs. Franklin? I got up and ran to quiet Pal. The back door opened. A man called out. Mrs. Franklin? Just one day earlier. Evander? This is Pal. This is the first time I've ever had a friend from school over to the house. And Evander is my first friend from school. Ever. Pal! Because he can't extend his arm, Pal sticks out his elbow. The eczema's back. I'll have to get cream when I buy diapers. Evander. He reaches down for Pal's elbow. And there are. Pal jabs his elbow in Evander's direction. You do like this. I touch the tip of my elbow to the tip of Pal's. It's called a noob. Noob. He bounces in his chair. I can see that Evander's scared, so I tell Pal we're going to go hang out in my room. Rome. Walking down the hall, Evander looks at all the photos. Most are of me as a baby, but there is one of mom and pal sitting on the back of her motorcycle. Is that your mom? Mom. He's letting me know he's still paying attention. That he's a responsible parent. No, that's pal, gummy. The other one's my mom. Come on. Come on. My funny way of avoiding a conversation about her. Mom's out there in the world somewhere, free from me and pal. 
the next day. He wasn't telling me he had to pee. He was telling me he had peed. From the trail and the puddles. I knew he had tried to get out of bed himself to get into his wheelchair. Oh, pal. Oh, kid. Pal, we have to... Man! What's going on here? Where's your mother? The woman was right behind him. Eyes wide. Hand gripping the man's shoulder. That man has no pants on. She pushed past the man and moved to take my arm. I fell back into Pal's lap, and my weight pushed the wheelchair back, sending both of us to the floor. Fuck you! He held me as best he could with both his arms, his legs twisted and kicking. I usher Evander into our room. As soon as he crosses the threshold, Evander covers his nose and mouth. It smells like pee. Pee! I can hear him bouncing in his chair. He thinks this is funny. It's the mattress. I wash the sheets when he pees, but really, the only thing you can do with the mattress is put it out in the sun. You get used to it. Check this out. I point to the wall of shelves displaying Pal's models. Ever since he was little, Pal had been building models. At first, he would just buy the kits and put them together. When that got boring, he said. So he built what he called custom jobs. I called them Franken cars. My favorite is a purple truck that looked like the car from the Munsters, but it was also a limousine. I named it Grapeco after my favorite soda. Pal had told me it took five different model kits to create it. I'm explaining this to Evander when he reaches for Grapeco. No, don't touch. Touch. Sorry, we don't touch them. They're just for looking. Hey, look at this one. Pal built the engine out of plastic trees. They're also called runners or grids. Pal told me... How can he even put them together? He built them before he crashed Mom's motorcycle. That's why we don't touch. He can't do it anymore. I think I need to go. Evander backs away towards the bed, but then he avoids the bed and backs towards the window. Wait! I know that if Evander leaves, I will have no friends. Have you ever shot a gun? I moved to the closet to retrieve Pal's air rifle. It's not a real gun. Well, it's real, but you can hold it. Unlike the models that he was so eager to put his hands on, Evander is less enthusiastic about the gun. Do I need to call the police? Sir, you have to let go. Selena, where is your mother? We need to- Fuck you. Normally, I wouldn't say things like that, but Pal had said it, so I thought it would be okay. It wasn't. No! Call them, and tell them they'll need to bring a van. They were going to take him. I knew for sure. I could see it all. The police wheeling him into a van. Pal in an orange jumpsuit. Me talking to him on the phone behind a thick window. I couldn't not cry. The man was on the phone. The woman was crouching next to us. I was sobbing, and Pal loosened his grip. Maybe he didn't have the strength to hold me. Maybe he got one of his bad cramps. Maybe he knew it was inevitable. 
the lady took me by the arm and led me into the living room. My pajama pants were soaked through with pal's pee. We'll go into the backyard and set up some milk jugs. He softens and brightens up, but this doesn't last. Uh-oh, uh-oh, uh-oh. He's had an accident. I leave the gun with Evander and go to check on Pal. He has diarrhea. It's not a bunch, but I don't want him to get a rash because little rashes turn into big rashes and big rashes open and bleed and get this sticky white stuff. Then Pal can't sit in his chair, which means he can't get around the house, which means... I have to stay home from school. I like school, and Pal wants me to go to school, so I need to change Pal. Evander, can you come help me? He walks into the room, rifle in hand, like he needs to protect me. Put the gun down! You just have to get Pal's pants at the ankles and pull so I can hold Pal. I usually have to do it myself, so having Evander here is a big help. Only Evander doesn't want to help. It's not a big deal. He won't get any of it on you. He looks like he's going to cry, so I tell him. It's okay. Pal has a mess all over him. It's in his hair, which is always hard to get out. I'll have to give him a bath, but for now, I can use wet wipes. Can you at least get the wet wipes from the bathroom? He does. Scared. Don't be scared. Boy. You don't need to be scared of him. You need to be scared of tomato soup, pal. Boy scared. He's worried about Evander. Selena, who is that man? Who are you? My name is Linda Sears. I'm with the Cabinet for Families and Children. Mr. Byers and I are here to help you. Now, who did you say that man was? He can't be your father. My father had died when I was two or three. And the lady must have known that. I didn't know whether to say he was my stepdad or my mom's boyfriend or what, so I said, That's pal. We take care of each other. I didn't know to say that pal had been my dad's best friend. And when dad died, pal and my mom became like my mom and my dad. I didn't want to tell her that the year before, they had rode home from a bar on Mom's motorcycle, and they crashed. Mom broke her arm, but Pal hit his head. Maybe Mom had hit her head, too, because she got really angry all the time. She would call Pal a retard and tell him that she was just going to take off. Then she did. She left Pal, and she left me. Pal and I had to take care of each other. Because we were all we had. Kid! Kid! What are you gonna do? Oh, Selena. That's when the police showed up. Evander comes back with the baby wipes. All right, little baby, time for your bath. It's a joke we have, and 
He usually laughs, but today he says, No! It's because Evander is here, and Pal's embarrassed. Pal's pants go by the back door. I'll have to use the hose on them first. I just dump the diaper out there, too. Evander looks more like he's watching a scary movie than watching someone get changed. He has a little brother, so I know he's seen this before. I have to hold Pal's penis and testicles to get underneath, which is actually a lot easier to clean than the hairier parts. The cleanup isn't as bad as I expected. I only used six wipes. It's not perfect, but he's clean enough. Only because we have company, I forgot to get the new diaper, so I have to leave Pal and Evander together. I have to get a diaper. You'll be okay. You have to do that with kids sometimes. Remind them that they're fine. Everything's going to be fine. She opened the door for the policemen. They're in the back room. Don't hurt him. Where is your mother? Is she at work? She doesn't live here. It's just me and Pal. And Pal is... So we just need to serve you. Just calm down. One of the policemen came in. We're going to move him, so you may want to... He made a sweeping gesture with his hand to tell her she needed to get rid of me. Let's go for a walk, Selena. She led me towards the kitchen. The diapers are in the bathroom. It was the only thing I had control over, and I didn't want Pal to go to jail naked. I bring back his diaper and some powder. There's only one left, so we'll have to go to the store later. I was going to get pants, but... I know that as soon as Evander leaves, it's bath time for Pal. I don't even ask Evander for help rolling Pal off the towel. Pal's pretty good at doing that himself anyway. The towel goes out with the pants and the old diaper. I am an expert at diapering. Lift, slide, strap, stick, strap, stick, done. Pal drags himself over to the couch. As he gets close to Evander... Evander backs into the coffee table and about breaks his leg. I don't say anything or help him back up. Pal can get himself up on the couch, but I help him anyway. I wish that Evander hadn't come over. I like him still, but he makes me feel bad about Pal, and Pal doesn't like it when I feel bad about him. The lady was pushing me out the back door, telling me it would be okay. She kept calling me Selena, which no one ever called me except teachers on the first day of school. Please, sir. There was a crashing sound in the house, and I imagined the shelves of Pal's model car smashed and destroyed on the floor. Please, sir. I wanted to run to Pal, to grab anything I could from the kitchen and fight the men off. I would hit them, and Pal would kick them when they were down. We'd escape and start over somewhere else. Living with Pal had taught me not to be scared. Before the accident, he would tell me, No fear, kid. He even had a shirt that said that. Afterwards, 
when Pal was in his chair and he couldn't do things anymore. Mom had gotten really angry. She'd yell at Pal and she'd yell at me. And she'd stay out all night. When she hadn't come home for a week and I was crying and confused, Pal had wheeled himself over to the couch where I was sleeping. And he tried to tell me. No fear. It had sounded like near. We hadn't done all of our talking practice yet. Hearing Pal call out and hearing the crash, I was right back to being eight. I closed my eyes and repeated near over and over until the lady said, Does anyone live here except you and that man? I have to go. I have to go. Go. Go home. Home. Go. Go then. I feel terrible because I sound like mom. I soften and tell him, I'll see you at school. Boy. I know, pal, but he's the only person at school who even talks to me. Everyone else. I talk. I could tell him that he doesn't know what it's like to be a 12-year-old girl. To feel so much older than everyone in your class and want so badly to be just like them. I could tell him I just want to be normal. That Evander is the closest to normal that I could find. But I don't know what it's like to have been pal and then to lose everything. I don't know what it's like to be a full-grown man and have to rely on a little girl to wipe his butt. You're a good talker, pal. No, it's just us. I must have sounded like that was the worst thing in the world. For it to be just us, because she said, Well, we're going to find you a safe place to stay, Selena. There were no sounds from inside the house, except that giant clock that always buzzed in the kitchen. A bird landed on the shed behind the lady, a blue jay. Shoot him, Pal would say when the jay would land close to the house. He was a pretty bird, but... He always scared off the little finches. A car pulled into the driveway. A jet way up in the sky, flying somewhere better than here. Dried grass under the lady's shoes. My stomach. You need a bath. Bubbles. No bubbles. They give you a rash. And no tomato soup. Um, pop soup. You're hilarious. I fill up the tub just halfway with warm water. I'll wait until I've got him into the tub to add hot water and make it cozy for him. I add just a few drops of shampoo to make a bubble bath. The lady led me around the house to the driveway where her car was parked. The man was standing by the car, 
talking on his phone. Where's Powell? Mr. Jeffries? You know, the police are taking They're him- taking him somewhere safe, so he can get the care he needs. Like a hospital? Yes. There's foods he can't eat, and he gets rashes, and sometimes he chokes, and he- The lady kneeled down in front of me, and took both my hands. We are going to make sure Pal gets the best care. The best. Just the best. Hey, you like Orange Julius, huh? Who doesn't? Pal comes with me to the store to get diapers. He has run out, and it's never good when we run out. We're going down Spring Street. The sidewalks are brand new and really straight, so I sit in Pal's lap and let him work the chair. He works it at home fine, but if he's going fast or at the store, it's better if I do it so he doesn't run into things. We're bebopping down the sidewalks. That's something Pal used to say. And Pal is keeping the chair straight. Only we're getting really close to the curve where the street branches. I tell Pal to slow down, but he just keeps going. He is laughing. So I start laughing. I'm laughing, but I'm also scared because I don't want to have to go get Pal back into his chair in someone's front yard. And I really don't want to end up in the streets. Pal puts his arms up in the air like he is flying, only his arms don't really straighten out. I tell him all the time he looks like an orangutan. He makes woohoo noises. Then he yells something that sounds like flying orangutan, and he woohoo-hoos. And just before we're about to either crash into the street or have to somehow turn onto Spring Court, Pal grabs the wheel of the chair and stops us. For a second, we're both quiet. I'm holding on to Pal's pant legs. In case we fly out, I don't want to be separated from him. I look back at him, and his eyes are ginormous. Then we just both crack up together. There we are on the street corner, just down from the Kroger, hooting and hollering as all the cars in the world drive past. That's tough. Yeah. We're tough. No fear. You said it, pal. Then he pees all over everything. The next day, pal will be gone, and I'll be drinking an orange milkshake with two strangers. Stars Sarah McGuire as the narrator, Hannah Rose Dorf as Kid, Steve Kazan as Pal, Julia Garlot as Linda Sears, Michael Mao as Byers, and Keeler Mao as Evander. Our theme music was composed by Trevor Tremaine, cover art by Geneva Hicks. 
Sharmarki Purcell reads the epigraph. Additional music, Sad Reflection and Grief Piano, by Music L Files. Sound effects courtesy of Pixabay. Special thanks to Annie Weaver, Shenandoah Evans, and Kelsey Hume. To find out more about our cast, to read the original short story, or to donate to the show so we can create a second season so much better, visit us at a blindplaypodcast.com or on Instagram at Malhouse Productions. Hi, this is Michael Mao. Each week, I want to direct our listeners to other great podcasts. This week, I'm going big with the Amazon original American Hostage, the true story of a radio reporter drawn into a hostage crisis. Starring John Hamm and directed by Oscar winner Sean Christensen, this eight-episode series will take your ears hostage. Find it where you found a blind play of social forces. If you like it, toss us a Venmo tip at a blind play podcast. We will put it to good use producing our second season.